Hey guys, welcome back into another episode of Digging Deeper, the podcast from 4constructionpros.com with in-depth conversations about all things pertaining to the construction industry. I'm Wayne Grayson. Today on Digging Deeper, we welcome in Tim Nenny. He is the Senior Undercarriage Market Professional at Caterpillar. And Tim is here today to talk to us not just about where undercarriage technology and undercarriage maintenance are today, uh, but really what the things are that you should be aware of and take into account as you are maintenancing and keeping up your own undercarriage, whether it is a dozer undercarriage, excavator, CTL, there are some best practices out there that Caterpillar strongly recommends that you be aware of and put into practice. So that is the basis of our conversation today. Again, Tim Nenny from Caterpillar joining us on Digging Deeper. Let's get into it. Tim, how are you doing today, man? Welcome into Digging Deeper. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. No problem. Thank you. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, uh, as we kind of mentioned in the intro, uh, you're the senior undercarriage market professional at Caterpillar. You are an expert on all things undercarriage, and uh, we're really excited to have you on today. And uh, and let's let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, just kind of uh, o- overall, uh, what is what is one of the, the the biggest mistakes or kind of like maybe most common things that that you see uh, that people do or or contractors operators whoever it might be a stakeholder in the company you know what is one of the biggest mistakes or or misunderstandings that people have with regard to an undercarriage that can cost them uh, serious money. Well, I think uh, in my own experience, when I'm out in the field uh, working with the Caterpillar customers, I think one of the biggest things that I find is that the customers are running the tracks too tight. Eight out of 10 machines that I see in the field, so 80%, when I walk up to them, I'll find that the tracks are a little bit too tight. And that causes a lot of additional costs. Not only does it increase the wear rates on major components like the links and the idlers, it also can cause, um, especially on track type tractor undercarriage, it can uh, cause internal galling between the pin and the bushing, which can eventually lead to um, seal failure and dry joints. Now, that that over-tightening, I mean, is that just... um... You know, I, you know, you you want them to be on their real. I mean, it just seems kind of like a a, a common you 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 kind of uh, over tightening is a problem with obviously a lot of mechanical things. And I think it is it is it the same reason why you know essentially you when you're putting the tracks on, you know, you're you have a tendency to kind of want to say, okay, well, let's let's make these things you know, make sure these things are good and on there. Is that is that really what it is, or is there something else? Well, there's a couple common mistakes, and yes, people people tend to like to run tracks on a track-type tractor and excavator tighter to reduce vibration on an excavator to reduce platform movement. The operators prefer the tracks to be a little bit tighter. But one of the other things that many don't consider is that when they set the track tension, they set it with the undercarriage very clean. Um, unfortunately, the undercarriage doesn't normally stay that clean and it packs up with the environment, the soil that's around that machine or that machine is running in. And it can make then the tracks tighter than what they set them at when it was clean. So a lot of times when I recommend customers to set their tracks, I tell them if they're delivering the machine to an application, um, run that machine in that application for about an hour let it get packed up a little bit or at least get to the point where it's going to be, you know, where it's going to run at most of the time and then set the tracks. And then you're best set up for that application and you're best set up to get the, to maximize the undercarriage life. 
No, it's really interesting. I mean, and I think it is one of those things definitely you, you, you learn kind of through through experience with that over tightening. Um, what 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 can be you know, what, what are some of the things that you've seen kind of kind of go wrong or or how 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 uh, quickly or how uh, far down the line uh, do problems due to over tightening tend to rear their head? Well, so a lot of times it can come, there's, there's immediate effects to having the tracks too tight and those immediate effects will, will show up in your overall wear life. So that the pressure between the bushing and the sprocket segment goes up significantly when the tracks are too tight and that pressure, especially in reverse, um, will increase that wear rate substantially. Next, um, it's also hard on components like the links and the idlers. Um, we find that tracks that have been running too tight. Um, the link wear will accelerate as well as the idler wear, but it'll show up first on the link wear in the form of a, a scallop in the center of that link. Um, the link will start to take shape of the idler instead of like saying that that flat surface on the link will try to become round and you'll see a dish in the center of that link. A lot of time that's indicative, indicative of tracks being run too tight for a long period of time. Now, if it gets really bad um, and the undercarriage continues to pack up on that job site, we've seen um, pretty bad things happen to where we've had final drive failures, um, even a final drive uh, um, bent or pulled off the side of the machine, idler shaft breaking, um, all of those things it can lead to. That machine will power through that tight of track and unfortunately something's got to give but obviously that's the most extreme condition but then we definitely don't want it to get that far but everything else will show up over time it'll be either reduction in your total wear life or it could be as i mentioned earlier those dry joints yeah, absolutely. And and I, I but before we get into kind of further recommendations around kind of like things to look out for and 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 uh kind of your um routine maintenance around things and keeping things in, in order, I, I, I did kind of want to insert a question here just kind of about undercarriage engineering, undercarriage design, uh kind of in general. And you know, obviously whenever we're talking about an undercarriage, we're we're talking about either tractors or excavators or even CTLs. They're they're all on tracks. But what have you um, you know, and let's let's talk maybe the last 10 to, to 15 years. Um what is what has kind of gone on in the in the world of of undercarriage design? How have things gotten better? What are some of the the priorities that you guys are are taking in mind whenever you're you know, improving undercarriages or maybe trying to come up with new types of undercarriage options or, uh, and, and all of that good stuff in terms of making tracks better off, you know, making new options and innovating in the undercarriage space. What are some of the driving factors there for you guys? Well, I think uh, your question, this is a great question and one that comes up many times. Um, one of the things that has happened in the last 10 years is because of technology in the machine itself, the machines have gotten faster. They're more um, agile in the application so they can turn quickly, make adjustments more quickly. Um, the machines are faster in the push. So even uh, when you look at uh, some of our electric drive machines, um, those electric drives are faster in the application. All of that translates to lower undercarriage life. 
So one of the biggest engineering challenges right now is to develop undercarriage that can keep up with these new electronic systems, um, the faster machines. Uh, in some cases, they have gotten a little bit heavier. So it's very important that we have awareness to that. Um, you know, when you look at an overall undercarriage, it's not the hours that wear that undercarriage out. It's really the speed or the number of miles that it covers per hour that wears that undercarriage out. Now that the machines are faster, we have to look at new designs um, to overcome that additional horsepower, the additional speed, and still keep those customers with a lower cost per hour. So we've done things, uh, we've improved our heat treat capabilities. We're using more coatings internally um, on the undercarriage. So on the end faces of the bushing, on the pin ODs, um, all trying to gain that additional sea life, the additional wear life to keep these customers up and running. Um, some of our recent introductions to the marketplace has been cat abrasion, um, which we have upgraded substantially from when it was system one. And again, trying to make that a more robust undercarriage in those high abrasion applications. We also developed a new undercarriage, and this is a little bit for the larger tractors, D8 through D11, called HDXL. And HDXL actually utilizes a convex link um, to overcome these additional speed challenges that we're seeing and give that customer 25 to 40% more life by putting the steel where it needs to be on the link. As I mentioned earlier, that link contacts the idler in the center of the link. Well, that idler and that link fight together all the time. Um, and that fighting between or the interaction between that link and idler means wear life to that customer. So by making that link rail curved, we allow, we give the link an advantage over the idler in order to get us more wear life. And like I mentioned, 25 to 40% more just by putting additional link material where it belongs. The other things that we continue to do is obviously sealability. If we stretch out the wear life of the steel components, we have to be able to stretch out the, the uh, durability or wear life of the seals themselves. And we do that through coatings on the end of the bushings, additional heat treat steps, all to keep that oil in the track joint for a longer period of time, which then allows us to run longer um, and wear out the entire undercarriage. Again, link roller system is the most expensive part of an undercarriage. We want to be able to maximize the number of hours or miles on that link roller system. So when we design new undercarriages, that's what we have in mind. Nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, really interesting kind of stuff. And, and, and like you said, it's just, uh, it's been really interesting to see, especially on the, the smaller end, um, uh, well, on either end of the spectrum, really the larger and the smaller with whether it's electric drive or whether it's the large, you know, the, uh, the CTL, for instance, be becoming larger and larger and becoming more powerful and, and, and used in like, you know, tons of different applications. I mean, like, you know, if you rewound 10, 15 years ago and, uh, you might throw a dozer blade on a on a CTL every every once in a while, but now I mean they're they're turning into really mini dozers in their own right. Caterpillar's got a dozer blade and uh, and the ability to put a, a backhoe on on CTLs and all kinds of stuff, right? Where where those things just weren't anticipated, um, you know, uh, I guess 10, 15 years ago as part of the the natural kind of like wear and tear of a of a CTL undercarriage, right? 
Well, you're exactly right. And that's really why um, over the last, since 2013, I guess is when we started doing this, is up until that point, we've always had a one undercarriage fits all applications type mentality. Um, but after that, we, we've come out with a, a selection of undercarriage. So it depends a little bit by model. But um, for instance, on a D6, we have a general duty undercarriage, which is the lowest upfront cost undercarriage that we offer. So if a customer is not running that machine quite as much, they can save money by buying a lower upfront cost undercarriage that still comes with Caterpillar support and Caterpillar uh, warranty. But then we also have the next size up, which is HDXL. That undercarriage is really made for those truly high impact applications, forestry, bigger rocks, high impact type of applications with wide shoes. Um, that undercarriage is built a little bit better, higher press fits, um, more robust links in order to be able to handle that type of environment. And then when things get truly abrasive and you get into really high wear rate environments like sharp, wet sand, beaches, things like that, we have the cat abrasion, which is going to offer you the lowest cost per hour with no maintenance in those super high abrasive applications. So again, we can now tailor an undercarriage package to a customer's need. And it's not, it's not just about choosing the shoe anymore. It's about choosing that whole undercarriage package to match it up with what that customer requires. Yeah, I mean, and that actually, um, uh, along those same lines, I mean, it, it's, it, it really is fascinating talking to uh, contractors from, from different parts of the country, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody in Florida versus somebody up in the Northeast or versus somebody out in like Arizona and in the desert and everything or, or, or South Texas, right? I mean, like the, they're, the, the kind of wear and tear and kind of how the undercarriages hold up to the same type of work in those different um, environments and those different materials underfoot um, is is obviously a, a, a huge part of your job. It's obviously something that you think about a lot. Um, what, are, what are some of the more interesting things that you kind of have learned over the years in terms of uh, a contractor's experience in one part of the company or one part of the country shaping the design of something that ultimately kind of helps out, you know, somebody uh, like, for instance, like I said, somebody in Arizona, but that that actually translates and, and helps somebody out like maybe in uh, in Florida or something else like that. Are, are there any kind of those those things that you've kind of learned uh, uh, about um, different environments that actually translate but between different regions of the country? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, that's also an interesting question, because obviously we're designing undercarriage for the world. Um, right. you, when you sell machines all over the world, we got to take into account a lot of different applications. And and that's really where my, my position comes into play. I spend a lot of time out with our dealers and customers worldwide, and I get to go out and see those customer applications, see, see any issues that they're having, help them improve the wear life of that undercarriage. And but then I'm able to turn back around, look internally to our engineering department and say, boy, in this in this application, we're struggling a little bit. And we need to make some adjustments to maybe it's a new style shoe. Maybe it's an entire new undercarriage. But, you know, in recent years, we filed for patents like the um, um, the new curved link. Um 
to be able to help those customers. And that curved link was specifically developed um, for a mining application in Wyoming. But that specific link, when we developed it, and it's called the Duralink is the way we have it trademarked, that specific link is now helping customers all over the world on D8s through D11s get more wear life. So we solved one customer's problem and uh, one mining customer's problem, but we were able to translate that into uh, applications and job sites all around the world and then gain those those uh, increased undercarriage life's lower cost per hour. Yeah, I mean, I think that just that just goes back to right the importance of the the voice of customer and and how big that is for for everything that you guys do at Caterpillar for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely, well, I, and that and that really is yeah. that voice of customer is so important to us and our voice of dealer. Um, our dealers do a great job of of uh, you know maintaining those customers' undercarriages uh, when they're out there measuring. I can actually see live our dealers measuring. I see the data back here at, in my in my office. And um, it allows us to easily watch all over the world how our undercarriage is running and some things we can do to improve it without even stepping one of our feet in the dirt. 100%. And and so uh, that's actually really interesting because I didn't have that on here um, in, in my list of questions, but I, but I do. And I, it, it, it is part of kind of like your your kind of routine maintenance and, and, and uh, that aspect of it. But how have... Um, you know, uh, the improvement or the, you know, uh, maybe even accuracy or the, the the expansion of metrics that are being tracked with with things like telematics, right? Or even uh, customer value agreements, right? Where you're just increasing the amount of touch points and contact uh, between uh, between Caterpillar and the dealer and the machines and kind of like, you know, making that network tighter and tighter. How have how, how is telematics in, in, in particular and just kind of like, you know, tracking uh, usage over time? How has that, in, you know, you know what, what kind of uh, improvements is that making to, uh, you know, uh, under undercarriage health over longer periods of time or even just kind of the development of new undercarriage uh, components? Well, it's been interesting with our new um, custom track service program we call CTS Pro. Um, if you look back over the last five years, um, well, about six years now, I guess it is. And, you know, we've we've many times over the number of inspections that we're doing per year on customers' machines. And being able to pull that data in um, because we're getting GPS locations, we're getting real-time measurement data off undercarriage that includes mileage on that machine, the number of hours on that machine. It allows our engineering department to go in and be able to take the closest look we've ever been able to have at how our undercarriage is working around the world in all the different applications. The other thing it's allowed us to do is not only to help engineering, but to help ourselves. So if we have customers that are out there that are running a lot of hours, we can also go in and see that um, because we're, our CTS Pro system is tied in with our product link systems to where we can see the number of hours that that machine is acquiring, which optimizes our dealer's time. So we're not going to machines that haven't been run much lately. We're going to the machines that really need that next inspection so that we can get that maintenance correct on that undercarriage and maximize the life. The other thing that we've done, and your question is pretty timely here, is we are introducing um, a new link, um, and it's starting on the D6s, that actually reports out its own wear 
um, through the tractor telematics. So um, that link talks to the machine uh, multiple times per hour and tells that machine when it's at certain percentage worn. So for instance, this link will tell us when that link is, you know, uh, 35% worn, 50% worn, 70% worn, and 100% worn, it'll send a signal. And that signal goes to our dealership and tells our dealer, this undercarriage needs attention today. And that allows us, again, to optimize the time of our dealerships. It allows customers to better manage, better plan for the undercarriage expenses or downtime. Um, that link is brand new to the market. CAT is the only company that has a link like that out in the marketplace right now. And having a link that is, quote, smart is a really big step in the right direction to help us, again, help those customers manage their undercarriage. That is really cool. So uh, what is the kind of uh, how, how does that actually work in terms of uh, getting getting the, the components in there, the electronics in there to enable that that self-reporting? So believe it or not, we've added Bluetooth to our undercarriage. Um, the, we have a link in the system um, that has a Bluetooth enabled sensor in it that as that undercarriage is, is um, going around the final drive, it is talking to the machine through Bluetooth and there is a wire that goes up through the link itself. And as that link wears down, it's cutting that wire, making it shorter. And it cuts different points in that wire. And that sends the signal that that undercarriage is now 35% worn or 50% worn or 70% worn. Um, it's pretty it's pretty slick the way it works. Um, it has its own battery life, so it, it keeps track of itself. Um, that battery life is about six to seven years to where it'll continue to report to that machine. And then, like I said, once it gets to that wear point, it sends a signal. Our CTS Pro system will pick that sing signal up, send it to the uh, dealer sales rep, and that dealer sales rep will know that that customer has a machine that needs attention or needs maintenance. That is wild. That is really cool. Um, and 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 I think that this, this that you know that this kind of surrounding conversation is a good kind of segue to just kind of getting into obviously features like that are going to help um, not only Caterpillar and the dealers kind of keep uh, better tabs on on how you know how their customers' machines are performing, but but also for the for the customers themselves, obviously to kind of uh, keep an eye on uh, what's going on with their with their machine. What are um, some of the recommendations? And we can go dozer. Uh, excavator and CTL uh, and break those out as needed. But uh, I, I kind of want to spend the next uh, few minutes just kind of talking about some of your recommendations uh, for, you know, daily, monthly, annual undercarriage maintenance and, you know, minimizing track wear during operation, uh, specific track options and specific applications and, and kind of uh, how to stay on top of that. But what are some of those, um, those uh, recommendations for, for undercarriage maintenance that you guys have? Well, I think, um, again, another great question. We'll start with daily. So the, one of the things that I like, uh, like to see a customer do, and uh, especially the operator, is when they climb onto that machine in the morning, is the first thing they should look at is track tension. Um, do the tracks look too tight? Are they too loose? Are they dragging the roller frame? Obviously, if they're too tight, that's also going to cause, cause issues. Um, so that's the first thing to look for. The second one to look for is really any loose or missing bolts. 
um, you know, whether it's a roller bolt, an idler bolt, or even a track shoe bolt, um, you know, it, it pays to notice those early before damage is done to that component. Um, obviously, with bolted surfaces that are torqued bolts, um, you know, if that surface comes loose or we lose a bolt, it ruins that mating surface, and then it's tough to keep that bolt tight for the remaining life of the undercarriage. So noticing that early pays off big in the owning operating costs of that undercarriage. Um, monthly inspections, again, come back to um, taking a closer look of, uh, you know, at that undercarriage, make sure all the shoe bolts are tight, the sprocket bolts are tight. Um, depending on how much you're operating, um, you know, in that month, do you need an inspection? Um, reach up there and feel that bushing on a fixed bushing track to feel if that bushing is getting excessively worn. Take a look at the sharpness of your sprocket segments. Um, are they starting to get sharp or short? Um, again, that's something that you're paying attention to. If you see um, you know, extreme wear, pick up the phone and call your dealer and have them come out and measure that undercarriage. Worst thing you can do is not pay attention to the wear that's happening on an undercarriage, wear through a bushing um, or, you know, another component, damage another component because you didn't take take the time to take a look at that. A lot of times maintenance can be done. That maintenance will extend the life of the track out, which will, again, give you more uptime and give you, a, you know, a better owning operating cost. As far as the annual um, maintenance, um, and this even really goes to the monthly, is you have things that are outside of the moving undercarriage components. So, for instance, the equalizer bar, the pivot shaft, um, things like that. A lot of people forget about looking at those. But if you got an equalizer bar where the pin is heavily worn, it's like having toe and camber out on your car or pickup truck. Um, having your tow and camber out on a car or pickup truck is going to wear your tires much faster. Same thing happens with undercarriage on a track type machine. If that if that e-bar is worn, those tracks will have more tow to them. They'll have more movement, and you may get some strange wear patterns on the undercarriage, which will eventually lower the life of the undercarriage. So again, those monthly annual inspections, take a look at those components like the e-bar and the pivot shafts. On machines that have a bogey frame, D8s and above, um, take a look at your bogey pins on a, a monthly or annual basis. Make sure that they are in good health. If one of those get damaged, it allows that bogey system to move around a little bit. And that little bit of movement, again, will, will cause a strange or a different wear pattern on the undercarriage, which, again, can reduce uh, the total life of that undercarriage. On excavators, the big thing is... is um, uh, internal wear life. Uh, most of the time you don't wear out externally an excavator undercarriage. Typically it wears out internally where you get a lot of track stretch. Uh, maintaining that track tension is very important on an excavator. So that's something you're going to want to pay attention to on a highly regular basis. Um, the other thing to take a look at both tractors and excavators are the center guide guards. Make sure those are in place and in good health. Um, you know, everybody talks about undercarriage life and undercarriage wear, but those track guiding guards are there for a purpose, and it's to keep the undercarriage in those roller systems. If that undercarriage gets outside of that roller system because a track guide is missing, again, that can cause internal damage and cause uh, dry joints later on down the road. 
Those are all things to take a real quick look at. Doesn't take a lot of time to walk around that machine in the morning or once a month or biannually and just make sure all those components are in good shape and that they're there to, to do their job. And what are some specific, and this will be our, our last question before we wrap up, but what are some specific um, track options or undercarriage options uh, for each of those uh, those three categories we were talking about, tractors, excavators, and CTLs? What are some of the, the options that can really, that, that, that will extend uh, the life of an undercarriage or, or be more suitable based on the application that, that, you, that you want customers to kind of, kind of keep in mind or, or explore? What are some of the most helpful ones? So almost every model, so 98% of our total models um, of what I have undercarriage on them, whether it's rubber or steel undercarriage, now have multiple options of undercarriage. Um, we have the general duty line. We have a heavy duty line. HDXL is an option on, on a lot of the machines. And then, of course, we have CAD abrasion. It varies a little bit by model, but for the most part, all models have at least two, if not three options to match up with what that customer needs for their particular application and they're for their own financial situation. And choosing the correct undercarriage is the most important thing you do. You mentioned other options. So it's not only just the type of undercarriage, it's how that undercarriage is configured. So matching the correct shoe width with the application, the type of shoe with that application to get the, the most productivity out of that machine. So whether you want a moderate service shoe or a stream service shoe are one of those two options with a trapezoidal hole in the middle to relief packing in, in uh, high packing conditions. So again, all of those things are a consideration. And, um, and that's why we spend so much time training our dealers around the world um, to allow them to understand all of the options we have and why you select the things you do for specific applications. So that's the other side of my job is I spend a lot of time educating our dealers and customers on proper undercarriage selection. Awesome, Tim. Well, thank you so much for, for hopping on today and uh, joining us for this episode of Digging Deeper. Um, is, is there anything else that, that you want uh, customers to kind of keep in mind before we sign off? Well, the biggest thing is, is that uh, number one, the track tension, um, keep that in mind. And, you know, as the application changes, if it gets into the rainy season or if it rains that day, Keep that on top of your mind. Make sure those tracks aren't running too tight. Secondly is, is spend time to select the undercarriage that best meets your needs, whether it's financial or application or has something to do with the age of the machine itself. Um, spend the time to look at all of the options because that way the undercarriage will better meet your expectation from a cost standpoint, from a life standpoint, the amount of uptime that you're getting. Spend the time to learn about what offerings are there, and that'll give you the best ownership costs of that track type tractor, excavator, or CTL. All right, Tim, thank you so much again for, for joining us. Really, really great stuff and definitely a lot for, for everybody out there to, uh, to kind of take under consideration. Uh, thank you again, Tim, for joining us. Thank you to everybody uh, uh, listening. Uh, Tim, thank you so much again, buddy. 
absolutely love doing it. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of Digging Deeper. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Tim Nenny, the senior undercarriage market professional at Caterpillar for jumping on today and giving us so many great tips and insights about undercarriage and how to make sure you're getting as much life out of your undercarriage as possible. Be sure to subscribe to Digging Deeper on all of the available uh, podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Be sure to give us a subscribe and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.